Osiris. Hey, this is Chris Pandolfi from the infamous String Dusters, and this podcast is part of the Osiris podcast family. Osiris is a growing community of music and culture podcasts connecting music fans with conversation, commentary, and music. Osiris. To episode 81 of the Bluest Tape. I'm Harvey Couch alongside Jeff Bola. And thanks for joining us as we take our journey through the live catalog of Widespread Panic. Um, our apologies for a slight gap in releases, but you know, life happens. Uh, Jeff, things good in your world? Yeah, they're all right. Uh, we were supposed to record last week. We were actually going to do it on Valentine's Day. Yes, and then I pointed out that it was Valentine's Day. <laughs> so, you know, whatever. We figured it yeah. out. Um, right. But also, we were also going to um, keep our streak going of wanting to record when there's some uh, event of national significance. Uh-huh, yep. Um, it's like, man, we have this really, really uncanny uncanny way of wanting to record something when when things are going wrong or things so you're are saying the Mueller report's coming out tomorrow is that your is that no. what you're getting to no <laughs> no okay. actually right. I that was the, the uh declaration of a national emergency that was, I think oh, that okay. was what i was, right. what I was, was talking about yeah but also it's uh, just like man every time we think about recording this something happens mm-hmm. well um we appreciate everybody for joining us um Appreciate all the support, everybody who has gone and purchased a Bluest Tape t-shirt. Um, we appreciate uh, your your help in keeping the uh, the podcast going. That is um, helping to pay the bills, and uh, we appreciate that. And um, yeah, so what? Uh, before we get into uh, to what we're going to talk about tonight, is there is there anything? specific that you've discovered over the last month jeff to share with the people god it's been that long um i guess the the main thing that i would recommend is the new tedeschi trucks record um signs which came out last friday which might not be the last friday when you're the 15th of february is when it came out um but if you're if you're a fan of super long Derek solos and sort of a you know a little bit more of the jam it's not really evident on this record it's a pretty short and concise record um and it's very susan forward uh, but it's really good and songs are really can appreciate um which is funny to say about Derek trucks and susan tedeschi but how their songwriting has matured um mm-hmm. with this band um over the years and uh, obviously kind of they've been affected by the, what's going on in the world and the songs are really reflecting that. But if, uh, if the record doesn't do it for you, which I think it will, um, make sure you visit their page on archive.org. Um, some really incredible tapes have been, have gone up so far this year, the Chicago shows, um, they didn't get the Ryman shows up, but the two shows from the 15th and 16th in Washington, DC, uh, recorded by a guy named Alex Leary. I don't know if you know that name, Harvey, or have listened to any of his tapes. He's VW mule. 
on okay. E-Tree and stuff. He makes just knockout tapes. So Alex, if you're listening, job well done. Yeah. Um, he just kills it. And he did um, these shows in DC, uh, Tedeschi Truck shows in DC. I think with like a mic, I think usually he was been running, I think he was running Neumann's for a long time. And now he, he ran some old uh, Microtech Gefels. Mm. Um, and they just, it just sounds amazing. And the shows are so good. And obviously um, with, with the uh, death of Kofi, um just before that run started they play were playing with heavy hearts and like like my our friend bob and like our dedicated listener bob uh pointed out to me he's like the almond brothers and like they're the, the branches off of them they play through the pain you know they know they've not taken time off to recover you know they've they even when Dwayne died they were back on out on the road in less than a month so yeah trucks is soldiering through it has to be a tough time for them but be sure to check them out if they come to your town and if not check out those tapes on the new record because they're both pretty great nice um so my recommendation is uh, a, a music festival this summer that i'm going to attend the uh, um is it the new fire festival <laughs> i'm hoping that it's not the new fire festival um it is the 4848 festival. Have you heard of this? Uh-uh. Okay. I have not. So it is, it's being put on by the, the all good music festival folks. Um, it is a, is the inaugural. So it, it does that have that in common with the fire festival. Let's hope that the results are better. Um, it's taking place in snowshoe, West Virginia. Do you know where that is? That is a, it's like yeah. a, it's a, a snow, you know, a skiing resort uh-huh. uh, in West Virginia, and um, so it's a three three day music festival, and um, they, I, I don't know what got in, like, so we're taking the family, we're going the whole Whoa, four of us, nice. and there's like, you know, so it's it's a little village on the top of the mountain, and then there, the stages are up there, and so there's like, you know. Um, real you know indoor sleeping arrangements <laughs> nothing against camping with a samsonite but um you know it's just like with the kids and so so they have like rooms with balconies looking over the stage that are like reasonably affordable and um so that's what we're gonna do so we'll see how that cool. goes the idea being that we can go and do stuff all day and then watch some music and then when the kids go down sit out on the balcony and watch uh you nice. know the late night shows so that's great. um so lineup is uh green sky bluegrass is playing two nights um who i've never seen but i've always i've liked everything that i've heard from them so i'm i'm hopeful um unfreeze mcgee is playing a huge Humphreys McGee fan, but again, like, uh, you know, like I saw them once at a festival in Lexington and enjoyed it. Uh, infamous string dusters, lettuce, railroad earth, Marcus King band, uh, Billy strings, Raylan Baxter. I mean, it, it's a pretty good, um, I feel like a pretty good mix of, uh, you know, some bluegrass and some kind of funk. And, um, so, you know, we'll see how it goes. The kids seem to like live music and dancing, and that seems to be a good, you know, I don't know that my kids can handle like a three-hour panic show, but, you know, they could maybe do like an hour of railroad earth, you know? Yeah. So. Um, That's good uh, kid-friendly music. It shouldn't be, uh, Humphreys might 
get a little heady, but a little heady. But I'm thinking that's the late night, forward. right? I mean, yeah. th- that's going to be you know after the kids go down. So uh, I don't know that I want to be down close for Humphreys anyway. So that might be better from a distance. So. <laughs> um, but uh, so anyway, so yeah, wish us luck as we go to yeah. uh, well, to snowshoe in and, July. Thoughts and thoughts prayers. Thoughts and prayers. Thoughts yeah. and prayers. <laughs> Um, but I think there's still, I mean, a, a bunch of stuff sold out when it first went on sale, but there's still some, uh, I think some rooms left. And, uh, so, you know, if you make it to 4848, uh, you know, holler, I'll be around. Um, all right. So to the panic music, cause that's what we're here for. And hopefully you are too, if you're listening, um, we did, uh, back in the fall, a, uh, a couple of episodes on our favorite openers and um, we're going to do two episodes. The next two episodes are going to be some of our favorite show closers. So um, we did, it's the same sort of setup as last time where we took turns. We did sort of a uh, snake draft uh, picking our favorite choices. I think, did you you had the first pick this time, right? Because I had the first pick of the openers. No, you had first pick. No, no, you had first pick of the closers. Oh, I had first pick. Sorry, I was thinking sna- the the back end of the snake, not the uh, front end. Yes, Correct. I had first pick. Yes, um, yes. and so we but went anyway, down to top ten, and um, must have been played at least fifteen times as a closer, and at least five percent all plays all time as a closer. So that sort of eliminates some, um, let's see what sort of qualifies as a, uh, or that gets eliminated under that. Okay. So like, um, so space wrangler 48 times as a closer, you know, which would qualify it of it's above 15, but only 4% of it's all time plays as a closer. So it's like just, by the pure, the sake of it, you know, it's being played so many times, it's going to show up in the closer position, but it doesn't really qualify it as, as a, uh, a consistent traditional closer, at least in my view, uh, just because it's, um, you know, it's such a low percentage of its all time plays. Does that make sense? You know, whereas for example, ain't life grand, um, you know, 80 times as a closer, but it's like 13 and a half percent of its all-time plays in that closer position. So those are the, those are the two things that sort of narrowed down and eliminated a few songs that you would maybe consider, you know, uh, but, but mostly, you know, the, the goal was not to eliminate, um, you know, it was just to, to try to drill down to those songs that are really the, the classic traditional, uh, show set and show closer songs. And I think, I think it did a pretty good job of, uh, of getting that. So, um, so with that being said, um, I mean, another example, walk-in walk-in played, you know, I don't consider that as a traditional closer, but it showed up 27 times as a closer. Um, but again, it's been played so many times. That's only 3% of its all time plays. So, um, but I had that lower sort of, uh, bar of only 15 uh just to you know bring in some some songs like you know radio child only 27 times but seven percent of all time plays in in the closer position um bow-legged woman only 20 times 22 times as a closer but that's that's actually 
you know, 10% of all the times that Bowlegged Women's been played. So I think that qualifies it as a, as a traditional closer, even though it's been played less in that position than maybe more, you know, uh, classic songs. So good. Are we good on the, uh, on the guidelines here? Does that make sense? Everybody on the same page, Jeff, are you still with me? Yep. We're on the okay. same page. All right, cool. Um, Okay, so what we're going to do in the first part of this episode, um, of the first part of two, is we're going to count down from 10 to 6, and then uh, episode 82, we'll count down from 5 to 1. So um, the first, we'll start with number 10, unless there's anything else you want to, to add before we get to that. Nope, let's go on through it. Okay, so 10 is my choice, and... Um, and so, so we're going to, you know, we'll, we'll say the song and then we'll, we'll talk about, you know, the, the selection. And so, uh, my choice for the 10th best traditional classic closer is a uh, flat foot floozy. And, um, that is a, uh, another one of those songs that, you know, not a ton of plays, only 15 all time plays, but uh, that's you know seven and a half percent of its uh, of its all time plays in that closer position. So uh, not a not a super common song um, either way. But uh, I think is a great way to to close a show. And um, there are a few different choices. Um, one that that has stuck out to me, a version that that I always enjoy, is from um, Oxford, Ohio, March twenty sixth, nineteen ninety five. Second set closes. Uh, Eliza's apartment, Proving Ground, Mercy, Flatfoot Floozy, which is really good. But um, the uh, the version that we're going to play this week is from um, Red Rocks in uh, in Colorado in uh, June of 1998. The second set, so this is a, a two night or second night, a two night run um, in the middle of that traveling light tour, and. Um, this is how they close down the second set. The uh, second set is a strong one. It opens, uh, well, the whole show really is strong. It's a postcard opener for the show, but second set is uh, Please, Chili Water, Please, which is sort of an interesting kind of inverted sandwich. Uh, one Arm Steve, Gradle, You Got Yours, into Ride Me High, into Papa's Home, Drums, Papa's Home. Uh, and then the closer is uh, Port Song, Flatfoot Floozy, uh, before a uh, before an encore with uh, Galactic. But um, for this example of the Flatfoot Floozy closer, we will play uh, those last couple songs from June thirteenth, nineteen ninety eight, at Red Rocks in Morse, Colorado.
All right, you just heard the closer from June 13th, 1998 uh, from Red Rocks, Port Song, and the Flatfoot Floozy, uh, our 10th favorite classic closer song, my choice there. Um, I mean, I think Floozy really plays well wherever it is. I, I like it as an opener. It's not very common as an opener. It's more traditional closer, but... Um, what do you what do you think about about Floozy as a as a closer as an exclamation point on a on a set? I think it's great. I mean, I think it belongs either. I think it it's the best. The, this is going to sound perhaps contradictory, but it's to me it's something it belongs at the very beginning of a set or at the very end of a set. And major mm-hmm. the major an encore, and in the majority of the the times that the band has played the song, it's been fairly towards the front. Um, front or the back of a set we're trying yeah. to look and looks like eighth the eighth out eighth out of 12th song eight out of 12 songs in a george era show from 05 uh, i guess lately they've been playing a little bit later in sets than what they used to but for a long time it was basically just a one of one nine of nine you know right <laughs> one of two two of two kind of encore thing but it's like if you if you look at the every time played and everyday companion where it shows you like the two songs previous and the two songs after its uh-huh. appearance, there's a lot of blank space. Yeah, <laughs> you know what I mean. Yeah, exactly. So there's a, which means a lot of openers and a lot of closers and a lot of encore spots. So yeah, um, yeah I mean I, I, it's always fun. I mean anytime I feel it's maybe not a downer, but like you know a, a one song encore. I, I don't know that quite qualifies as a flip the bird encore, but. Um, you know, I'd be a little disappointed with like a one song floozy encore, but I do. I like it as an opener. I really like it as a closer. And, you know, as, as the one, you know, as the fast part of a slow, fast encore, it works big time. Um, so you're at a show with a solo floozy encore. Um, was that four twenty ninety six? That's, uh, no, no, there, no that was set. second set. That was late in the set. Yeah. Um, the radio, know. where I know potentially know more about the shows how are you into than he went to. Wow. Uh, yeah, I can't. Six twenty nine, six twenty nine, ninety six. Six twenty nine, ninety six. Yes, in fact, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> good, good call. No, it was, and no, because I mean, I, I felt you know, like it. I, I believed you when you said I had been to one. I just couldn't come up with it. Um, yeah, that was a big, massive second set with. David Blackman and I definitely, you know, remember being like a little let down by the floozy encore, but uh, hard to complain after you know after a, a massive set like that. Did you get that there? You just get the one song. Did you get there in time for the Kenny Wayne Shepherd opening set? Hell yeah! And the Screaming Cheetah Wheelies. That's right. I mean, that's right. That was that was a great. That was a really great show. It was it's a, a free bill. show too in Charlotte. Yeah. yeah, it was a good bill. Well, so. speaking of Charlotte, uh, mm-hmm. that is where my first selection is. That would be this would Ooh. be the ninth pick in the first round, um, only round. And my pick was Mr. Soul, and mm. I went with. Two, I'll do both of mine back to back. We I did two cover songs um, with my ninth pick. I chose Mr. Soul. Great closer. Um, again, another song that seems to find its way find its way to the closing spot a whole lot. Rarely has it been buried in the middle of a set. Um, again, looking just scanning through the companion, you know, it's about every third, seemingly about every third or fourth, or every fourth or fifth or less 
23% all time as a closer. Yeah, that's of, pretty of good. Its, yeah, 362, um, 82 out of 362 yeah, times. A ton of encores, ton of seconds. Uh, uh, fast song and a slow song, fast song encore. Mm-hmm. Um, near dream song a lot in 96 and 97. So. I would say that Mr. Soul is a one song encore I'm really quite good with. Like that, that's, you know, as far as a, and it's pretty short too, but um, I'm Mr. good. Mr. Soul is more of a flip the bird uh, encore than floozy. Really? Yeah, absolutely. Oh, I just, I think I disagree. Okay. Agree to disagree. Yes. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I just, it, it always feels like it just rocks so hard. And maybe it's like uh, the times that I've seen it. Like it was a one song in uh, on twelve thirty one ninety seven, you know, which is just like the end of just this massive night of music, and you're like, ah, yeah, that works, well, Mister Soul. Yeah. Or actually, that was two. It was the City of Dreams, Mister Soul. But like, you know, what else do you what else do you want at that point? I mean, yeah, they could have played. What if they would have played? Well, it's ninety seven, so they wouldn't have played Old Joe. Would you have been upset with Old Joe at that point? Yes. Yeah, I would have. Um, <laughs> And it was also twelve thirty one ninety six. They did the double encore, E one port song, E two Mister Soul. So it's another. I guess that sort of counts as a one song encore. That would but anyway, be- I'm sorry. I don't mean to step all over your That's okay. your picture. So my, uh, I chose uh, a show from July nineteen ninety seven, uh, July eleventh ninety seven, at the same venue from Harvey's uh, free show solo floozy encore. Um, Blockbuster Pavilion in Charlotte, North Carolina. And these are, this is one of the shows that was in the big dump of really nice Summer 97 soundboards. Um, I've made it pretty clear how I don't like, I, I dislike 93 soundboards as much as I love 97 soundboards. And we've played a lot of these things over the course of the 81 episodes that we've done. The 11th opened with Heroes. I uh, got a Let's Get the Show on the Road in the first set, a diner, mid, mid first set diner, um, which is nice. And close out with Worry. And they close out with Worry with special guest Warren Haynes, whose band Government Mule um, is one of two bands that opened. A friend of the Bluest Tape, Gib Droll, opens, um, as well as Government Mule. But this is the first of five shows that the Mule played with Panic in the summer tour. Uh, July 11th, July 12th in Raleigh, the 16th in Pensacola, which we'll get to, the 19th in Memphis, and then the 20th in Montgomery. So that's the first selection and we'll f- um, of Going Out West and Mr. Soul with Warren Haynes. And then we'll jump ahead five nights to Pensacola, Florida, 7th, July 16th, 1997, Government Mule opening again, and a really great set closer that will kick off with one of my favorite songs, Maggot Brain. But let's get started with July 11th, 1997 in Charlotte.
Warren Haynes, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you once again, Charlotte. Charlotte.
Hayes Band to give Joe Band. Mr. Warren Hayes, ladies and gentlemen. He's a government mule. See you tomorrow night.
Those were, were two selections from summer of 1997, uh, Jeff's ninth and eighth pick in the uh, traditional closers draft. July 11, 1997, going out west in Mr. Soul with Warren Haynes. And then July 16th, 1997, from the Bayfront Center in Pensacola, Florida, again with Mr. Warren Haynes, uh, Maggot Brain into Traveling Light. And uh, Double Dose of Warren here, um, a great soundboard show from, the, from Charlotte. Pensacola show is a pretty it's a decent audience tape not the best from that from that tour but I remember trying to track that show down for a long time and I was thinking about sort of that process of seeing a show in the companion or going to a show before you were taping or whatever and having to like track down a show and putting like ISOs on Digipanic <laughs> right. or whatever, or just, you know, trading tapes with people and getting their list and like finding this gem buried on the list. And it's like, Oh, I don't care how, cr-, you know, if it was made with radio shack, you know, <laughs> realistic yeah, stereo re- mics, realistic stereo mics. Like I just don't care at this point. I just want to hear it. And uh, for some reason, the Pensacola show was really hard. It was, yeah, and and it would, and I ended up with a copy somehow. I think I, think know, I, got, so, I might have gotten it from you, actually. Yeah, I mean, I know that I, and I mean, I, you know, who, it's not like a, some proud moment, but like I'm, I know that I was, I like I, you know, seeded it originally on DigiPanic, yeah. you know, that 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 source, and um, but I, it wasn't like I didn't ever seek it out. Like I just, it, I just got it somehow, somewhere, yeah. you know, like a friend just sent it to me, or like I just got it in a trade and. Um, and then like, you know, six months later it was like, well, shit, this thing didn't even, nobody has it or, you know, whatever it was, it might've been longer than that. It was probably more like 99 or 2000, but, um, anyway, yeah, great show. Um, it's funny that like, as I was making my picks, I mean, I, you know, obviously we picked the songs first and then we went through and picked our versions to play. And, um, like I was pretty painstaking in like, wanted to get a good mix of like eras and like, you know, different times for my, you know, different choices. And it was like, you picked two shows that were four days apart with the same guest. <laughs> well, <laughs> so, you know, nothing is cool. not obvious. I know right. what I like. I like what I like. Harvey. Right. Um, and I love, I mean, I will say that 
the Maggot Brain Traveling Light is not the best played version of Maggot Brain or best version of Traveling Light by any stretch, but really, it, they're really fun. Um, yeah, fun. Fun's a great word for them. And Traveling Light is kind of sloppy and Warren trying to find his place, but he's awesome on Maggot Brain. And the Going Out West stuff, obviously, that's a song that the Mule has played forever, um, since before Panic, maybe even. And, um, and Mr. Soul is one that Warren fits in really well, but I, I miss this, this Warren Haynes, <laughs> this, the mid nineties Warren Haynes, when it was all mule all the time. And it mm-hmm. just was that just was mean, you know, the yeah. guitar always sounded mean. Type. Like searing. Yeah, slide. exactly. Yeah. And so like, that's, I'm, that's what I miss about the classic mule is just, this, they're not angry dudes, but the anger and the force with which they played, and yeah, just crunchy, and it was great. So these uh, mid '90s Warren sit-ins, or I guess just especially the fall, summer '97 sit-ins, are always pretty awesome. So, um, so the stats on uh, Traveling Light: um, fifty-six times a closer, uh, just five and a half percent of its all times plays. Obviously it's one of the most probably all time played songs in panics catalog. Um, so just barely made the, made the cut above 5% there, but I definitely think it, it qualifies as a, you know, as a classic closer. Um, you see it in that spot a lot. And in, in the opener too, I think that's something that we're sort of seeing consistent, you know, sort of a, a common thread here is that, that songs common closers maybe also show up as common openers. Yeah. And this, uh-huh. um, yeah, I think that's a, I think floozy traveling light. Jeff, uh, a lot of the song. Yeah. Like I said, a lot of these songs that we chose were, were in the mix for the openers too, or close mm-hmm. to it. I mean, maybe not like traditional, but definitely, you know, you saw, you saw them in that opener slot. Um, not like an unusual, it wouldn't have been a random, random sighting. So, um, Okay, so that's uh, so we're to number seven now, uh, and I've got two cho- my two picks at seven and six, and uh, at number seven I picked uh, Henry Parsons died, which um, you know I think is a song that like w- w- having had some distance between my like uh, really heavy show going days i have a better appreciation for you know i think when i was seeing shows all the time it was like oh god another parsons closer it's like come on mix it up a little bit um but now it's a little bit you know a little more perspective uh it you know it it is a solid closer i mean it really like builds up it's you know loud and obnoxious and has a great close you know great finish and um well, you know, it's just a, it's just a well-placed song to close off a set as a, as an exclamation point. And, um, and then my number six choice, not quite as, uh, common a song, but one that showed up in, uh, the closing spot, uh, yeah, quite a bit. And that is, uh, the second, I guess the second Neil Young cover so far, uh, is the last dance. Um, and, uh, I just, you know, all of our picks are cover songs. That's, <laughs> that's so far. 
Huh. Um, if you count Parsons as a Bloodkin song. Sure. Yeah. Cover, so, but yeah. Uh, and yeah, I think we get a little more. We have one more, I think, uh, in the next episode, but then we, we have a few more originals. But um, yeah, that's interesting. So, um, so anyway, so my, my choice for the Parsons is from uh, the 1999 Halloween run in New Orleans, uh, where it showed up to close out the second night, second set of the second night. Um, and you were not at this run. Is that correct? I w- no, I was there. You were. Okay. Um, I'm sorry. I couldn't, re- I couldn't remember which. So I can remember nine- everyone, sh- every show you ever went to, and you can't even remember if I was at Halloween 99. Well, I know that you were at every show in like Iowa, Illinois, <laughs> Wisconsin, and you know, <laughs> o- over a four year period. I just couldn't remember which years you were in New Orleans for Halloween because I knew you were in 2000. I just couldn't remember if it was 98 in 2000 or 99 in 2000. Gotcha. So, okay. my apologies, Jeff. You're forgiven. Um, you also saw a lot more shows than me, so it's harder for me to keep track. <laughs> um, so, uh, this, I feel I think we've had this conversation before, but I definitely feel like 99 is an overlooked year for, for Halloween. I think there's some really good, really good stuff, really good moments. Um, I think the second set, well, I mean, first set was good, but the second set of this second night, um, Big Willie Mammoth, Bears Gone Fish and City of Dreams. I remember the City of Dreams being really, really big. Uh, and then Ain't Life Grand with like a massive jam into drums. Um, and then uh, and then we pick things up here, coming out of drums, uh, up to closing out the second set. So um, that's the first bit. And then um, the second segment is from... Um, Fall 1997 uh, in Kalamazoo. Is that right? Yep. Kalamazoo, Michigan State Theater, uh, 11 11 97. Um, a show that I don't know that I had listened to a whole lot of until getting ready for this uh, this episode. And I'm pretty sure I sent you a text at some point like, holy crap, this is really good. <laughs> so uh, enjoy that too. So uh, first things first. 10.30.99 from Lakefront Arena in New Orleans, Louisiana, coming out of drums, second night of Halloween Road.
Yes, sir.
All right, that was 111197 from Kalamazoo, Michigan. B of D, Raise the Roof, Last Dance. And then before that, 103099, Driving Song into Riders on the Storm, Driving Song into Henry Parsons Died. And um, Last Dance being the number six um, traditional closer, and Henry Parsons Died being number seven of the traditional closers. So uh, any reaction to that stuff, Jeff? Yeah. The, um, the riders in the storm is great. Um, do you think it's better than the, than the 96? I do. Yeah. I love how it comes out of driving yeah. um, and it just sort of comes on nice and slow and Jojo starts doing the keyboard part. And then it's just like, it's really, it's just, it's great. And it was so, that was another like fun Halloween moment uh how well, it's just moment yeah world. i mean you know just the energy level in that room those you know four years so high and it's just everybody's locked in and just the reaction i think adds you know the energy and the reaction from the crowd just sort of adds to to the whole experience they uh yeah it is i mean it's funny we chose five cover songs for our closers and we were talking about cover songs and it does always seem like I mean, I know it takes a what's an informed audience, I guess, to, to for the majority to understand of you know the significance of certain things or whatever. But it's always funny to me how is it because the diners and the chilies and the Hatfields of the world these you know these epic panic songs have been played so many times that everybody's just sort of meh, and then the cover songs are just you're rare because you you would argue that none of the cover song bust outs have ever been played better the first or second time they busted out with them than a really awesome version of diner. Correct. Right. Right. Sure. So, is so I've always wondered, are they cheering because it's panic doing riders on the storm or it's, they're excited because they just it's got gonna be the best version of riders on the storm they ever hear. <laughs> yeah. Like they got LA woman on, uh, on cassette from their, from their cool cousin in, uh, in the, you know, in the big city. And no, like, I, I think it's, or what? Uh, no, I think it's like seeing it. I mean, I think of it as the same reason that I like that. I watch sports is because you just like, you never know what you're going to see. Right. And so like seeing a cover song that doesn't get played very often is like, is like being there for a, you know, a four home run game or a no hitter or something. It's like you were there when that special moment happened, even though it may not be, you know, there may have been better moments that night, but it was the one that, that nominate, you know, that other people don't get to experience. Mm-hmm. So, um, I don't know. Yeah, I I think so. I think that's right. It, it but it um yeah, and there's not a huge response when riders start. It's not like the werewolves from the next year, but it's uh definitely some recognition and again, I like how it comes on comes on slow like it does. Well, yeah, and I mean I think riders plays well into that like sort of slow build up when it's like more yeah. people start to realize it and then it's like more and more and then like once he starts singing and people are like, "Oh my gosh." Yeah. Um so I mean, yeah. there's one bit, I mean, Panic, obviously, this is a, you're saving the obvious, Panic does an awesome job with covers anyway, but man, they're always on point with Doors covers. Like, they just have always no. just hit them right on. So, mm-hmm. whereas some of the other stuff, it's been a little bit less. But anyway, the 97 show with Last Dance. I, yeah, I mean, they do a good job with Neil covers too. Um, <laughs> <laughs> maybe. But uh, yeah, this show's awesome. And this is another one that, you know, is kind of in that dead part of, uh, at least for me, 
fall '97 because I had gone to gone to shows later in the later in the fall and was really familiar with those Lawrence shows and obviously Halloween being as great as it was. Um, but this is an awesome show and this post drums, this whole post drums is really good. Um, so good that you sent me the uh, Adam Sandler Billy Madison uh, meme uh, to to say how hot it was. <laughs> yeah, and I mean even the pre drums is you know really good too it's let's get down to business hopeless world disco diner arlene i mean and then out of drums is pilgrims which we didn't even play um so that's really strong but the uh the bfd you know sort of takes it to the next level and the raise of the roof is just i mean i I don't want to say it's the greatest version but i mean i'd like to hear other ones that are that are better because it's just it seems like you know they're just completely engaged you know what i mean some, sometimes it seems like raise the roof is kind of a not a throwaway but you know just sort of a go through the motions but that's definitely not the the case in this version and then obviously a great last dance to close things out so um the other thing that struck me about this this henry parsons um from from halloween besides being really good and and i love like the big drum build up at the end that that todd does but it's like it, it you know it being a uh a traditional closer you know a song that is um you know sort of classically in that in that position um the the next year you know at the uh the second night and this time the end of the first set instead of the end of the second set um you know they play they play Henry Parsons and everybody thinks the set's over. Some people I think even left, you know, mm-hmm. and went, went to get to the bar or to, to get to the re- restroom because it was, you know, surprise Valley Hatfield, Henry Parsons to close out the first set. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden they drop into lawyers, guns of money and people start running back into the <laughs> venue to catch that. So, uh, it's kind of cool that, you know, they, uh, you know, I don't know if they did that on purpose, but it sort of, you know, it definitely felt like a period and then like a, you know, uh, you know, a coda afterwards. Yeah. It, um, not to, not to go into that, you know, 2000 run again, but I just thought that was kind of interesting. <laughs> just to, all, just find a way to talk about it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> always do. But yeah, I agree with you that Halloween 99 is, I think, is growing on me more and I think is, is underrated. And yeah, you made a great pick. You made a great, a great value pick with here in, in with uh, the seventh pick in the first round of the common draft. Yeah, um, for sure. So, but we still got lots of good stuff to get to, uh, in the next episode, but, um, just to recap from six to through 10, um, we had last dance at six, Henry Parsons at seven, Eight with Traveling Light, nine with Mr. Soul, and ten with Flatfoot Floozy as our favorite classic uh, traditional closers for for Panic. So um, next episode we'll we'll count all the way up to to number one. We still got some really good stuff left to do. So yeah, and a, uh, I think it, when we get to the end, I mean, we'll analyze uh, the top two picks as as only the only kind of hard hitting analysis you get on the bluest tape about made-up drafts for closers of your favorite band. Um, but we uh, we have a bit of a uh, Sam Bowie, uh, Michael Jordan type uh, thing going on, I think, at the top of the draft. But, uh, oh, uh, really? You think so? Yeah. 
meaning your 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 two pick is better than is, your one. Yeah, I mean, I, I went with something that seemed like a sure thing when I overlooked overlooked the gym all along. I overlooked the rose. Yeah, as the song goes. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I think you're probably right. <laughs> I mean, it's not, it's not a bad. I mean, it wasn't a bad pick. Actually, I wouldn't you know? go Sam Bowie. Maybe I would go. Uh, was it Clyde Drexler over Michael Jordan? Okay, I thought you were say Ryan Leaf over Peyton Manning. Oh, uh, we could go there. We could go there. Yeah, we could go there. Um, okay. Well, uh, appreciate everybody, you know, tuning in. And, um, if you haven't gone and bought your, uh, your bluest tape t-shirt, do so. Um, there'll be a link, uh, in the show notes and on our Facebook page. Um, you can order it through Teespring and, uh, have you, have you gotten one yet, Jeff? No, I was hoping you wouldn't ask me on the air. I don't okay. have one. <laughs> well, no, I just wanted you to be able it's, to, you know, to to extol uh, its virtues. Right. Uh, yeah. yeah. It is. Um, it's, instead, it is, I promise everybody, the, my tardiness in purchasing a Blue Estate T-shirt is not because of the quality of the shirt. Right. The quality is primo. No, primo it really quality. is. Like, I mean, I, it was even better than I. I mean, it may be my favorite. <laughs> no, honestly, it might be my favorite T-shirt that I have right now, just as far as like wow. softness and comfort. Yeah. Um. And and I've. I mean, I'm definitely pretty picky now. Like with, um. I mean, I've I have amassed a collection of T-shirts in my life, and I've now gotten to where like you know it it has to be not only you know, um like cool t-shirt you know as far as like whatever's on it but it needs to be comfortable and uh and this one is is really it's at the top it's at the top of the heap as far as comfort goes so what's the oldest t-shirt oldest still in rotation still in rotation oldest panic t-shirt still in rotation um there's not many left in rotation the uh i would say probably the um 2000 red rocks uh, uh is is still in rotation and then there is a i guess a, a little bit older although i don't wear long sleeve tees as much so that's probably why it is it's lasted longer but uh i have a halloween 98 like a and both of these are like official band release not uh-huh. like uh lot, lot tees yeah. um and the, but they're both really cool. Like the Red Rocks one has like kind of a drawing of Red Rocks on the back, and the uh, the Halloween one has um, I feel like like little like caricatures of the band members on the back, and um, like a cemetery thing on the front. And so yeah, those are both still in rotation. Um, I had for the longest time the uh, the having a good time T shirt. Uh-huh. you know on the back it said having a good time on the front it had like sort of a circular design and um that one died at oak mountain o2 in the rain it was like it was so threadbare i had to wear it over another t-shirt basically because it was like you know it had holes in it and stuff and then uh it got wet that night in the rainstorm and it basically it was like what i you know like as i took it off that night it just disintegrated <laughs> Yeah. So, yeah. What about you? Um, oldest still in, well, they're still in rotation. So the one that I have that's still in rotation was not my shirt. I inherited it from the ex-girlfriend that left it when mm. she left the house. Um, but that was from fall in 97. And it's a long sleeve, uh, long sleeve shirt with the WP on the left, left chest. 
and um, sort of a font that fit inside the circle, and then some design on the back that said widespread panic. And then somewhere, I think I must have packed it. I also inherited the Gradle long sleeve T-shirt with the the girl drawing on the front, which I guess you know whatever. Um, the I have another one that is not in rotation because it was the '90s kids, and in the '90s you bought things and wore them baggy. Um, I have like a I have like an XL long sleever that I bought at uh, Huntsville in '99. That is an awesome shirt. And I love it to death, but like, it's like wearing a plastic grocery bag at this point. So, um, but it's a long sleeve and it has WP on the front and the center of the chest and on the back, it has a, a wood carving or a, uh, carve draw or screw, or one color screen print of an old guy sitting in a store with a pipe. And then the window of the, uh, the, of the store it says makes sense to me uh, oh. i like that so that was a, that was the, my favorite shirt that i ever had so that's packed away in the t-shirt in the in the t-shirt archives i had to start a t-shirt archives so my, my um yeah no i've got one of those too but my i think my favorite uh you know as we walk down the memory memory lane of t-shirts gone by um my favorite all-time panic t-shirt that i had is not not particularly exciting but i just i loved it was uh, and I, I lost somebody stole it from me i think it was i think it was brian goad if he's listening i think he's <laughs> pretty sure you stole that from me but um it was it was basically the the front cover of mom's kitchen so mm-hmm. it was the you know the, yeah. the drawing and then above it it had like in helvetica you know the same font the widespread panic yeah. like basically from the album on a, like a dark green t-shirt so everything mm-hmm. else was in white it was yeah. it was sharp looking yeah, that's a and, good shirt. Uh, I remember seeing that one. And yeah, it's it's gone. Well, I think this is a perfect opportunity for our listeners to uh, chime in on the socials and uh, tell us their oldest shirt still in rotation, their favorite shirt. Um, you know, I if you could, I I never bought an uh, a official band shirt. I bought, but I bought a ton of shirts in the uh, in lot. So. Um, but yeah, sure can sure can remember them. They're around quite a bit. Yep. Um, all right, cool. Well, thanks everybody for for joining us. I think um, we should have hope. We'll endeavor to release the second part of this before the uh, before the DC shows, um, so we can talk a little bit of anticipation of that, and then we'll episode I guess eighty three. We can look back on on those shows. I'm excited. I don't know. It's been a while. I mean, I was excited about the national show too, but um, I'm excited about seeing the band. Uh, like they'll be, they'll be fresh and ready to get after it. Uh, yeah. On, on St. Patrick's day. So um, that'll be fun. It'll be a good night. Um, all right. Well, uh, you know, please give us feedback. We appreciate it. Uh, at bluest tape on Twitter. Um we're on the Facebook and you know, you can email us. Uh, also want to give a shout out. I should have done this way earlier in the show and I apologize, but um, I finally got to meet uh, Paul priest. Who's a big fan of a big supporter of the podcast, friend of the pod uh, from the band Jericho woods here in Kentucky. Um, and I got to see him at 
Country Boy Brewing uh, last weekend. He did like a adult acoustic duo show, which was fantastic. Um, so, uh, yeah. So if you haven't checked him out before, Jericho Woods. I mean, they're they're a country band, but they're they're weird. You know what I mean? Which is cool. Uh, and uh, and Paul's a good old boy. So um, appreciate his support. I think he's probably our most famous listener. Um, so. <laughs> But, except, um, for all the members, except for all the members of the band that secretly listen. Right. Yeah. So, well, th- he's definitely the most famous that's ever like reached out and talked to us. So, <laughs> um, so anyway, uh, thanks for the support, Paul. We appreciate it. And um, so uh, until next time, we appreciate uh, everybody out there. And um, we'll be back with the, uh, the top five uh, traditional closers. So see you later. Oh,
Riders on the storm Riders on the storm Into this house we're born Into this world we're thrown Like a dog with a 